Richard Harrington of the Washington Post says, just when you think American film comedy has hit the bottom of the barrel, it makes a supreme effort and keeps sinking. Variety Magazine says, the script is merely a collection of gags tied together by the slightest suggestion of a story. And Ian Freer of Empire Magazine says, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Welcome to Ruined Childhoods, the podcast where we revisit all of your favorite films and franchises and speculate as to what could be done with them, if anything, in terms of sequels, prequels, remakes, reboots, spinoffs, remasters, re-releases, relapses, I don't know what else. But if it exists, if it happens, we're talking about it. Musical theater adaptations, TV series, whatever it is, whatever best suits the property, we decide. And who are we, you may ask? Well, um, I'll start by introducing myself, Dan Wiener, one half of your fraternal co-hosting team. And uh, just wanted to tell you a little bit about our theme this month for May. Uh, for those of you who are new to the new to the podcast, we started with a we did a theme last month. We did April Fools last month, and we had fun. So this month we we thought about it. We thought about it, and then it occurred to us that May tends to be the time of year when when people celebrate Star Wars, particularly the Fourth of May or May the Fourth. Be with you. So in honor of uh, that phenomenal franchise, some might say the, the, the greatest franchise in cinematic history, uh, some may disagree, but regardless, uh, the impact of Star Wars is undeniable, and that is why this month we are observing May the 4th be with you, but not by discussing the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, the fourth films in movie franchises. I, I, I hope that you're all as tickled by the theme as we are. <laughs> we are going to we are going to dig deep on what it is that makes what you need to do to make a great part four. Yeah, and we're going to get into Police Academy Four: Citizens on Patrol in a few yes. minutes but we have a few things we need to get out of the way first we've got breaking news well before we get to the breaking news i we we totally screwed up and i'm so sorry everybody oh we did we neglected yeah. to let you all know that what about bob actually did have a life after the movie itself, uh, it was given no. the it was given the sitcom treatment um, a few years back uh, with Leah Remini in What About Barb? She played the Leo Marvin character. Uh, I think it was Doctor Suzanne Marvin. So um, Suzanne Marvin. Uh. 
I was unable to find out any information other than just like the basics, but I don't know if this ever aired, what happened, but, um, I have, n- and, I have no recollection. You know, of and this. It, it does sound vaguely familiar to me. So I don't know. I don't, I mean, it, it sounds to me like I'm thinking of, of the dialogue in Pulp Fiction when, um, Samuel L. Jackson is saying, um, you know about pilots and she's she's like you know there are pilots and some become tv shows and some don't and (laughs) she was on one of the ones that didn't yeah (laughs) so that's right we're not we're not talking about that um so actually but now on to like news and announcements and and just kind of things that have come into come to my attention about the world of reboots remakes prequels and sequels but first I feel like it's important to talk about one of the bigger things that's in the news, which is actually an adaptation. The trailer for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie came out. Did you see this one, Dan? I have not seen the trailer, but I have seen the uproar, the uproar. on Twitter. Yeah, so people are... First of all, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think it looks like a fun movie. I, I mean, okay. I watched the trailer and I was like, hey, that looks great. Jim Carrey is kind of doing kind of an Ace Ventura-y character again that's fun uh but the uproar was about the design of sonic and because of the uproar uh the the filmmakers are actually going back and changing the way that sonic looks i saw that i saw that there was that i saw the response to the uproar yeah dan people's childhoods were about to be ruined (laughs) you're about to ruin my eight bit oh sorry 16 bit childhood Yeah. So um, anyway, that you've probably all heard about this. It's been the headlines uh, for days now. So um, just wanted to address and, that. Oh, and also I, I want to um, add in in reference to headlines, mourning uh, the passing of two mm-hmm. of two two people who've made tremendous contributions to the world of cinema. Uh, John Singleton, right? First African American director nominated. Um, first African American man to be nominated for best director, and mm-hmm. he was what twenty one when he made Boys in the Boys Hood. Boys in the Hood, so good. It is an it is an amazing film. Yeah, it really is. It's powerful, and he also did the, I guess, reboot of Shaft, not a remake, oh, that's because right. actually the original John Shaft is a character in the movie, and now there's a new there's. Right, sequel or reboot? Yeah, that features Sam Jackson and Richard Roundtree. I I'm pretty sure that they're tech. Are they technically? They're kind of sequel reboots because they're kind of reinvigorating the series, but it's a continuation because the original shafts are in the same lineage. They are part of it. Right. And and the original Shaft was, it was a, a franchise. There were a few. Right. I remember there was one like Shaft, Shaft in Africa. Shaft in Africa. Mm-hmm. But so it's it's interesting. I like, I actually like their approach because I feel like when uh, John Singleton's Shaft came out, there, there were like, there was talk of sequels or mm-hmm. there were plans to build the series around um, Samuel L. Jackson, who was amazing as... I had always I had always thought Ving Rhames oh, as uh-huh. Shaft, but Sam Jackson, man, killed it. Well, he's just so dynamic, uh, you know. And he's, that movie, yeah. 
So that flick's got, and we might, we'll probably talk about it at some point, but it's got Jeffrey Wright. It's got Christian Bale. It's got Tony Collette. It's really worth well, checking we'll out. To, if we'll you have to seen get it. to that yeah. one at some point. We'll add it to the list. I'd love to. Um, I'd love to. So yeah. So and Peter Mayhew uh, of oh, yeah. Star Wars Chewbacca. Um, so you know, uh, sad loss. He's a bit, I believe he's played Chewbacca in all in the new films as well as in the original. He originals. was not in Solo. That was the new one. And then in The Last Jedi, I want to say maybe it was the new person or maybe it was Mm -hmm. split. I can't remember. The new Baca? The new Baca. Nui. But but it's, you know, Chewbacca and and this this characters from the original trilogy are just such a huge part of my childhood. So it's, you know, I was, it was, I, I shed a tear for the Wookiee. Nobody is happy about this news no yeah no um getting back to perhaps the sith <laughs> yes the sith is so you I, you have, you have some other news happy. don't you well there's there's just a bunch of stuff i want to talk about so i don't know if you've yeah. seen the the new trailer for the godzilla movie you know i haven't i am i have to say i've been a little out of the loop this week yeah. Yes, you know. Yeah, due to life. <laughs> yeah, life stuff is happening. Well, let me tell you, yeah, I saw this things. one before um Avengers Endgame and I I mean, it looks crazy. It looks exactly the way a Godzilla movie should look. Lots going on, lots of crazy monsters. I mean, Mothra and I forget the name of the big one. It's kind of the three-headed dragon G- monster. Ghidra or Ghidira? Ghidra, I think it's something like that. G-H-I, maybe I'm Could totally be. wrong. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that um, that one just looks crazy. It looks like a Godzilla movie should look as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then uh, we have a new trailer for uh, Men in Black International, which features the voice of Kumail Nanjiani, who seems perfect for this. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kumail is kind of like the third main character along with uh chris hemsworth and um tessa thompson who both seem Mm -hmm. fantastic but he's just kind of like a little animated alien guy that kind of goes along with them Um, right but okay looks like a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to seeing it um okay on july 31st of this year uh the television series four weddings and a funeral is going to premiere on hulu starring mindy kaling Oh, so that that's was exciting. That's something that just kind of ended up on my radar. I'm curious. I, I, I you know, is she going to be like kind of the Hugh in the Hugh Grant role? I would I imagine really so. I could, I can really see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, of course, you know, we're we're fans of Mindy Kaling yeah. here. If if you're a she comes up a lot listener, when we're talking this. about casting people today for movies that would be rebooted from the 80s and 90s. Um, She's just got a great perspective and, you know, she's delightful. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, it's kind of like that, that, you know, that kind of getting into movies and, and really, you know, starring, it just feels like she's so like there. Mm -hmm. And I just, I really um, am excited to see her break out and um, just get even more recognition for for her work, both yeah. as a writer as an actress, and also I feel like Four Weddings and a Funeral is a really good one 
to revive as a series. Um, I think it, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's certainly it's one that twenty five years ago. Four, yeah, four it's, weddings. It's and a not a movie out. that is getting uh, rebooted, and somebody's like, "How could they possibly do?" It's just like, "Yeah, okay, sure, <laughs> I'm okay with that." They're ruining my childhood. Yeah. I I spent every Sunday I watched four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there who did, but <laughs> um, you know, it's fine. It's a good. It was a best picture nominee. Yeah, that's true. 1994. Um, I read today that um, the Cobra Kai series on YouTube Premium is actually going to be available for free for a limited amount of time. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, keep an eye on YouTube for the Cobra Kai series because I haven't seen it yet because I don't have the YouTube Premium uh, subscription. So I've been looking forward to that. And I know that season two is coming out soon. Yeah, so I caught the first, I want to say I watched like the first three or four episodes when it was just free on YouTube, because mm-hmm. I also don't have YouTube premium. And I I didn't get a chance to watch the entire first season, but man, what a what a great way to kind of read it's hard to call it a reboot, but a way just a way to adapt the the characters and the story from the Karate Kid mm-hmm. into a more serial presentation, and and actually kind of positioning Johnny as the sympathetic character, at least in the in the episodes I saw. Yeah, well, I mean, you and I are both big William Zabka fans, so the Zab, it's a, it's a clear yeah. winner as far as I'm concerned, and I haven't even seen any of it yet. No, Just I love mean to see it's the really Zab, the Zabka. It's a, I, I I do highly recommend it. It's uh, I look forward to picking up where I left off. So the next bit of news is kind of a weird one, and it's probably going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Um, but they are, and this is not something that we've talked about much, but uh, rather than a reboot or remake, there is a reimagining of the 1921 Charlie Chaplin classic, The Kid. And it is I heard that. an animated sci-fi series called The Kid, an animated adventure. And The Kid is voiced by Jacob Tremblay, uh, who is in Room and Wonder in an upcoming movie called, I want to say, Good Kids? Bad Kids? I think Good Kids. Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking. Yeah, I it's think produced I've, by I think I saw um, the trailer Seth Rogen. It looks... yeah. Kind of great. It's like, kind of, kind of like a uh, super bad for the, for for this generation. Right, but even <laughs> younger. But they. Right. But Jacob Tremblay, I mean, in Room, I mean, Oscar nominee was Man. fantastic. So yeah, powerful film. Um, I'm kind of always rooting for that kid. Um, oh, the kid. That's the name of the thing. But the uh, kid. Hey. <laughs> so um, we'll see how that shakes out. That's going to be an animated series. Um, there is going to be a TV series based on the movie uh, Warm Bodies. I, I remember reading that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I remember reading that some time ago that they were developing that. But yeah. Yeah. Lionsgate is uh, working on it. And um I don't know. We'll we'll see. That's a movie that had uh, with Nicholas Holt as a zombie who it, it, it's a they call it a zomcom. Well, it's kind of it was kind of like a, a it's one of those movies that when we teach Romeo and Juliet, 
in, uh-huh. in high school when we talk about all of like the cool hit movies that are based on Shakespeare. It's like Warm Bodies comes up as a Romeo and Juliet because like he's a zombie and she's alive and right. they're in love. And, yeah. Yes. And so that one. Lovers. Uh, so this series is actually um, the director from the movie, Jonathan Levine, is uh, heavily involved with the series. Uh, he was also, um, I believe, did he write 50-50, the Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie? I think that that I was... Seth, I thought Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg wrote that, but uh, perhaps he, he was a co-writer with them. some part of that. Um, anyway, so that's a thing that's happening. We've got a couple more things still. Uh, Busy week. Yeah, um, Indiana Jones 5... We have some news about that. Uh, that's going to be written by Dan Fogelman. I'm just kind of letting you know with things I've been reading lately. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, it's the This Is Us creator Dan Fogelman is going to be yeah. the new writer for um, Indiana Jones Five. I know nothing else. I'm just going to move move right along because the more we talk about that one uh the weirder things are going to get and finally only if shia labeouf is on board <laughs> well maybe we can erase that history i don't know you know what we'll talk about indiana jones and the kingdom <laughs> of the crystal skull kingdom another time it's what is it not canon okay <laughs> look i like swinging from trees with monkeys just as much as the next guy yeah, all it was missing was a Phil Collins soundtrack. Ooh, maybe that's what it needed—the Tarzan treatment. I so, mean, really, what doesn't? The yeah. next, uh, the next bit of um, of news I want to talk about is, and I don't know if this is rumor or if this is in talks or if this is actually a thing, but we had previously mentioned in another episode a um, Willow reboot or remake. And um, I guess Ron Howard is now talking about it being um, a Disney Plus series. Oh, okay. That I, I think I like that better than a sequel. Because I think, I think that's what they were talking about was doing like a, right. a sequel 30-something mm-hmm. years later, which, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's in, you know, it's a fantasy movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I mean, I guess what is Warwick Davis? Do we know if he's uh Warwick Davis? The original Willow? I have to is imagine he, he would be part of it. He's around, he's working. He's yeah, doing stuff. Um so that's that's what I got for for stuff that's kind of in the news uh, in the world of reboots, remakes, prequels and sequels and reimaginings as it so yeah. happens. Um but now we are going to talk about Police Academy 4. Citizens on Patrol. Not only does I was this, about to go into a, a line from the song and then I just blanked. not only does this movie have its own like theme song that plays during the opening credits and is also kind of listened to by the actors in the squad car during the opening credits. Who are also possibly performing it? Well, definitely. Maybe the- Jones, Michael Winslow, is performing it. I don't know. Maybe if they're the- not listening to anything. It might just be him yeah, making right. Could making be. sense. What What did I hear recently? He was. Oh, I think uh, Gremlins. 
Oh, I feel like I think I read that, that he was he a, had actually done some of the sounds mm-hmm. on Gremlins. Yeah, I think so. So and Michael Michael Winslow, who those of you who aren't Police Academy fanatics um, might re- remember him from his cameo in Spaceballs, where he played the radar yeah. operator. The yes. the blips, <laughs> the blips, the flips and the uh, the the. Anyway, yeah, geez, it's been a while. <laughs> he makes funny noises, yeah. but uh, that yes. that's kind of his thing. He's the only actor that has appeared in all of the Police Academy movies and the series. Um, the, there was the animated series. Um, I had Police Academy action figures growing up, for sure. Yes. I re- I have like yeah. very specific memories uh, playing with those action figures at my friend Chris's house when we were kids, and. Um, Great fun. Just great fun. <laughs> and those were from, from the animated. From I the animated them, series, yeah. From the animated series. Yeah. yeah, so I guess to give you a little background and context about our connection to the Police Academy series, um, I and I was trying to, th- I was thinking about this earlier because I didn't, the first one I saw in the theater was actually four, and in, of course we'll get to that. Yeah. But I think Police Academy 2 was the first one that I saw, and it was on H. I remember it was on HBO a lot, mm-hmm. and I feel like that was the that was the first one that I saw, and it really, and I guess really got into the series. Like I don't remember exactly like the moment or when it was that I was like, I need I need to see all of these, right. you, but it it happened. I will say that Police Academy Four is. I mean, I was a child, like a very, very young child when I first saw it. I'm I'm sure I have no memories before having seen it. Like, that's just kind of always been part of my life. Please get me four, I think, rewatching the movies even younger. Please get me four is kind of the most accessible uh, of the yeah. earlier ones because, you know, the first one, it kind of has like a, uh, I guess like a meatballsy quality to it. Porkies. Yeah, Porky's quality porkies. to it. Where it's just kind of yeah. like animal housey in, in a lot of ways. It was a sexploitation. I mean, yeah. it was all about, you know, getting boobs on the screen yeah. and you know, blowjob jokes. Right. And which is referenced which and... is referenced in uh in Please Gotta Be Four. So and then um And three. <laughs> it's a big... It's referenced in three also. I don't I haven't seen three in a while. Three is the one yeah. that has Mauser in it, who I... Was he also in two? Two and three. Two and three. He was in two, and he was supposed to be in four. Oh, really? I think he was supposed to be... I think he was supposed to be in four. Daisy, come. Come. Sit. Sorry about that. It's all right. So, yes, I think Mauser was supposed to be in four. I think I remember reading this, but I forget. The actor who played Mauser, Art Metrano, I'm not sure why he didn't do it, but... Anyway, that's kind of beside the point. I do think Police Academy Four: Citizens on Patrol is the is kind of like this the peak of the series. I feel like it's the one that most, aside from the first one, I think it's the one that most people have seen. Well, I will say, I, I mean, that's probably true. Uh, it has a lot of the like classic gags in it. There's the uh, the Blue Oyster Bar. 
um, which we're definitely going to be talking about a little bit more. Um, this is actually the last one where the Blue Oyster Bar that's appears. That's true. Yeah, so the Blue yeah. Oyster Bar is the uh, the gay, I, I want to say like borderline uh, S&M bar. It's a leather daddy bar. Yeah. It's the le- yeah. it's the leather Lots daddy of bar. Leather and mustaches. Yeah, where uh, Mahoney tricks Captain Harris uh, into going to um, telling Proctor that it is this great salad bar, and the Blue Oyster Bar is also the place where they go into and they're playing that song El Bimbo. Yeah, it's iconic and. Oh, it's just such a wonderful, perfect song for that moment too. Um, it is in it is in the first the the bar is in it starts in the first one mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's just kind of like the ongoing they send the the two other cadets who are kind of like Captain Harris's spies right. in the first one they Copeland. get sent there and Copeland and um, blanks <laughs> right blanks. right right yeah I always think of Dopeland because that's what he calls ah it. <laughs> gotcha um, so. Here is the basic synopsis of Police Academy 4. And when while we're talking about this movie, I kind of want to talk about it as if it is its own movie and not so much like it's the fourth film in a franchise um, of seven? Uh, yes, yeah. seven. So the plot of this movie is... Um, the commandant of this police force slash academy, it it seemed it's a little unclear as to like, are they just an academy, but they also are the police force? It's kind of weird. But the commandant has this yeah. idea for a program called Citizens on Patrol, COP, and he wants uh, his best recruits that are on his team uh who are mahoney hightower tackleberry zed sweet chuck callahan am i missing anybody hooks um hooks let's see we got hooks hightower uh tackleberry jones jones i forgot jones um uh yeah so yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's it. There was no no Fackler in this. No one. Fackler. Fackler contract negotiations. Contract negotiations fell was essentially uh replaced by Sweet Chuck and Zed, who had their first appearance in Police Academy three. Um two. Oh, they were in they started in two. Sweet Chuck owned the lamp shop and Zed was the head of the gang that kept terrorizing. That's him right. And robbing the and, shop. Yeah. Uh I confirmed that this was not an April Fool's Day joke. Uh, done by Bobcat <laughs> Goldthwait, who played Zed. But um, according to Bobcat Goldthwait's Instagram, originally uh, Tim Kazarinski was going to be playing Zed and Bobcat Goldthwait was going to be playing Sweet Chuck. But because Tim Kazarinski is vegan, he was uncomfortable with wearing leather jackets, so they swapped the roles. And I mean, watching the movie, I can see it the other way, but it is really well done the way that it is. And I'm sure that also the characters got shaped because of their performances. Um, yeah. Especially with Bobcat Goldthwait's signature uh, voice um, being showcased in this movie so prominently. And, and, right. and Police Academy 4 really is a huge showcase for the character of Zed. I mean, watching it... He, he gets a, a love. Yeah. He gets a romantic subplot. And honestly, yeah. if there was going to be any one 
like main character of this movie, I would say Zed is a contender because you would normally think it'd be Mahoney, but he's kind of in the wings most of the time. You know, it's literally it, it, and figuratively. It, literally in the, well, well, not so no, much wings. We'll the one get in the wings. That. Yeah. Um, so, but this film also, so speaking of Mahoney, Mahoney's kind of romantic interest in this is played by Sharon, Sharon Stone. Stone. That's right. There are a lot of uh, amazing, weird cameos. This is the first film for David Spade. Um, mm-hmm. who's, we have Brian Backer uh, from, uh, it was a Fast, Fast Times Times Richmond Richmond High. High. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tony Hawk was one of the, uh, I guess skateboarders in this originally yeah. supposed to be David Spade's like stunt double, but I guess was too tall and they switched it, something like that. Um, whatever. So yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy how many, I guess nowadays you would consider them stars, but then they were a lot of, yeah. A lot of big stars of the, of the early to mid nineties. So popping up in this, just to get back to kind of the synopsis, uh, the citizens on patrol program is a way to let the community feel like the, uh, police force cares more, wants to be more involved with them. So it's basically giving them training and, and giving them the ability to, I guess, be more connected with the police force. And, um, so they kind of say it's not just a neighborhood neighborhood watch program. It's actually getting them like serious actual training. Um, and this is essentially a way to uh, reimagine the first uh, Police Academy movie, which was essentially they're opening up the recruitment to anybody and everybody. And, right, you know, for Mahoney, it was kind of like a punishment the same way that for David Spade's character, um, and what's what's his name from Fast Times Run High? Brian Backer. Brian Backer, who plays Arnie. So Arnie and Kyle, it's that's their punishment for quote unquote terrorizing a shopping mall, which is just that they were skateboarding and um Copeland <laughs> didn't care for it and uh Doesn't Captain Harris call a SWAT team on them? Yes. Yes. For skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is at a time when like skateboarding is like just becoming a thing. And it's funny because they're wearing just like neon shirts and they're just like the way you dress disgusts me. And it's like, seriously, like uh, think about what you would think about people now. It's so different. That's just neon T-shirts. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> And messy hair. And messy hair, yeah. So skateboarding is kind of like a centerpiece towards the beginning of the movie, kind of fades away as soon as the Citizens on Patrol program gets into full swing. Um, Also, we have uh, the character of Laura, who's played by Corinne Borer, who is Zed's love interest. Uh, Dan, you and I, both big Corinne Borer fans. Uh, oh, yeah. If you are not familiar with Corinne Borer from this movie, you might remember her from Vice Versa. She is also... I don't know if she's currently in, if this show is still around, but the flash show on CW, she's in that. Um, she was on Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. She's the mother. I don't spoiler alert in case you haven't seen Veronica Mars yet, but um, yeah, she's been around long enough. She's around and she's always been actively working. And this is one of her early roles. And um, I think she also did a Totino's commercial. Did she did not? She? Okay. I feel like at one point you, you, 
I think you shared it. You like <laughs> did I sent it to me or you took a picture of it on the TV. Oh, or was that just watching TV? I and I was like, is that Corinne Borer? I have a memory of this. <laughs> I do. I have a memory and maybe it's actually from this. Maybe I did that. And I, I remember one point I couldn't remember what her name was. And I was talking to you about it. And I feel like you tapped into a weird, that, that part of your brain that remembers where you saw movies in the 1980s. Uh, the part of that brain that connected... <laughs> Including this one. That, that connected the name Corinne Borer with like the Police Academy font and like the end credits to like associate, to be like, I remember her name. It's Corinne Borer because I can picture it on the screen. Honestly, John, I, I probably just remembered it. Like I don't know. You told me like it took you a few minutes and you like... Describe to me how you remembered the way that it looked on the screen in the credits. I had to kind of go into that dark place where my I, I had to become the three eyed yeah, raven. Your eyes rolled Game in the back of your head. Yes. <laughs> I became the three eyed raven. Yeah, I'm like it's kind of a specialized three eyed <laughs> raven. <laughs> yes, like yeah. Oh, it was a it was a dark theater. Yeah, right. <laughs> Edison, New Jersey. So. um so, so the Citizens on Patrol program is about to begin, and Captain Harris uh, is kind of put in charge of it because uh, Commandant Lassard is going to England for a an international police conference, and Captain Harris hates the idea of Citizens on Patrol because he feels like it's going to make cops lose their jobs, you know, if just everybody's enforcing the law. So uh, it's his mission with the help of Proctor to completely destroy this program from the inside out. And, um, you know, the plot of the movie kind of goes in and out. uh, And it kind of makes, it just kind of makes way for little sketches essentially, or like prank sketches. Uh, it's just a, it's yeah. just a series of sketches really. And it's gags after gags. Yeah. So you've got, uh, Jones using his mouth to make crazy noises. Uh, a courtroom scene gets a nice big fart courtesy of Jones. Um, yeah. Can, can I, all right. So, and it's, it's a police academy movie. So you, you do have to suspend disbelief, mm-hmm. but how is it that they don't realize the sound is coming from his mouth? They don't see him doing it because he makes these big obvious faces mm-hmm. when he's making his sounds. Um, and people actually smell something. It, what if like Captain Harris actually did fart while Jones made the crazy noise? I don't know. You're right. The though. crazy noise scared a fart. It was like one of those, like you get, I'm, I'm scared. And you, well, you here's the out. thing: is when you're watching a police academy movie, you have to accept it just for what it is. And oh yeah, oh there's so many, there's so many other. Yeah, just like enjoy the ride. Like out. it's yeah, just complete lunacy. Um, but it, so anyway, go on with your with oh, your summary. Sure. I'm trying not to it, there's, tangent off. That's essentially it. Uh, the thing that actually makes the um, the Citizens on Patrol program kind of fail is when um, three of the recruits, the Laura played by Corinne Borer, uh, this other guy who I don't think that we ever really catch his name, 
who wears a hat. Is he the the one who's the lawyer? Yeah, he's the he was the one who's Arnie and Kyle's oh, lawyer. Oh, he was the lawyer? I didn't even catch that. And I've seen this movie. And I feel like I remember times. I think I've I feel like I've seen that guy. I'm pretty sure he was on a show with Jerry O'Connell called My Secret Identity. Oh, I remember that show. That which show was, was like great. A, like what was he like Ultraman or not like not the other Ultraman. Right. But um, yeah, he plays, I, I think the character's name was Dr. Jeff Coat. Oh my God. <laughs> that was, that was the character's name that he played. I don't remember his name. I think his, I feel like his name in this is like Milton Butterworth yeah, or something Butterworth. like that. Yeah. Butterworth. I think you're right. So, uh, yeah. and then there is Mr. Butterworth. And then, there, then the third person is Mrs. Feldman, who is the gun crazy, military crazy, older lady who becomes fast friends with Tackleberry, who is. She kind of steals this movie. Mrs. Feldman is fantastic. The line, do we get to pack heat? Like she just kind of has these amazing, amazing lines and her delivery is great. And uh, she's played by Billy Bird, who was this vaudeville comedian. Yeah, very familiar face. Uh, Actually, I'm pretty sure she pops up in Police Academy 6 playing a different role. Is that true? I think she like... I think she's like the host of this, like like a charity ball or something in Police Academy. Oh my Academy god! 6. Now I have to rewatch Police Academy Six. Um, yeah, City Under Siege. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a little bit of a. It, it kind of throws you off if you're if you're a fan and you see Billy Burton. You're like, is that Mrs. Feldman? Wait, and I also that believe that the woman who's reciting poetry when uh, Zed first meets Laura, because Zed goes to this kind of poetry group to um, kind of gather recruits. And the woman who's reading that poem, I believe she is also in another Police Academy movie. Um, She's in the first one. Is she in the first one? She's, I don't, by the way, I'm not, this I'm I'm remembering from reading it on IMDb Trivia while I watched Police Academy Mm 4 a week ago. So this is not like. This, the the eyes, she's. The the pupils are facing forward. They didn't roll back. Yeah, no, this is just the two-eyed Dan, not the three-eyed Raven. (laughs) So, um, so that woman was in the beginning, in the opening sequence of the original Police Academy where she's one of the people, she's the one who says surprise to Tackleberry. Got it. When he- <laughs> At the party. Kicks in the door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're throwing a surprise party for him. Uh, Tackleberry, played by David Graff, um, such a great role. And I feel yeah. like the more movies that, the more Police Academy movies he shows up in, the more like fun he's having with it. He's got such great expressions mm-hmm. and delivery. David Graff is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of like other things. Oh, yeah. So, because of so those three cadets, uh, they ruin a an ongoing police investigation into a. Um, oh, a fencing operation. A fencing operation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Which looks so obvious and they catch people unloading stuff off of a truck and it's like this huge crazy big investigation and it's like uh hello why does there need when to be a this big undercover sit- operation it's right there if these knuckleheads can mrs find it. mrs feldman mrs mrs feldman did this you didn't need to send in your top yeah, guy undercover. right so um like, this is not donnie brasco yeah so she ruined they ruined that and um Captain Harris uses that as his excuse to shut it all down. Meanwhile, in England, Commandant Lassard 
uh, is sitting at a table with uh, other law enforcement officials, uh, teaching them, you know, English phrases, and they say things the way that he says them, like, I'm very, very, very excited, and things like that. Um, and then they all have goldfish with them, which is very, what about Bob? Well, all, yeah, very, what about yeah. Bob? <laughs> and, and is also, if you're not familiar, that's kind of Lassard's thing. It's his, it's his gimmick. quirk, which, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of his quirks. And I know, yeah, yeah. So we can just leave it at that. Yeah, so and, uh, he invites them all to come back to the United States to see how their Citizens on Patrol program is going. They're all very excited about it. Um, Commissioner Hurst shows up. Uh, I don't even know why I mentioned him. He really plays no role in this movie other than the fact that he's just in a couple of scenes. Um, Chief, or I, I believe it's Chief, Chief Hurst. Hurst. Sorry to... Sorry. Yeah. Um, it, but, wait, I'm, but I think he's Commissioner Hurst in like City Under Siege. So he might, yeah, yeah so, he might be, yeah. yeah. So sorry, everybody. Yeah. Well, why would he not be promoted? Yeah, you know? <laughs> he kind of, but he's such a like. He's kind of always got the same attitude, and he's like, yeah, I don't know. He's an interesting character. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. How to it's hard to him. say like whose side he's really on most of the time. <laughs> he's he's on whoever side he needs to be on to look pretty good, much. I think, and in this like, case, he's coming on Lassard's side. Yeah, like I think he secretly is like on Harris's side for most of it. He doesn't, he doesn't like the idea. He's from the very beginning. Right. He doesn't like the idea of of not unfit people. Yeah, but he doing just kind of shrugs work. his shoulders and says, "Well, whatever." The mayor, the mayor wants it. The governor wants yeah. it. So um, yeah. they go back to the United States, and as. Uh, Lassard is bringing them through the police station. Um, there has been a jailbreak because Proctor is a big idiot. And uh, during a game of Simon Says, uh, <laughs> ends up giving the keys to the jail to the prisoners. Um, and in one of two connections to brain donors, you see him uh, kind of cling in a mug against the bars singing nobody knows the trouble i've seen the other being that pat prof the writer of brain donors is the one who um wrote was a writer on the first please get me movie yeah so gets character credit on the subsequent movies um so it's all tying back it's all tying back yeah connective yeah threads. so uh there's a jailbreak and uh the collection of people that are in the holding cells at this police station you know there's your your classic criminals you have the ninjas um it's just like complete (laughs) madness um so they all get out out of the the why there is a band of ninjas there and also they're the worst ninjas i've ever seen in my life there's a gang of ninjas so that there can be a ninja fight which there doesn't need to be a ninja fight it's yeah, there does. <laughs> um, was was yeah, it uh, Kanaka? Is that his name? T- uh, t- Tanaka. Uh, he's the one who in Police Academy three uh, has the the fling with Callahan, and then he oh yes. oh yes, 
or is that police academy? He beds Callahan. And then he comes back in, in this well, one and then yeah. he and Callahan get back together. One thing I will say about this movie is that you might think about somebody like Callahan as being like the the impetus for a lot of uh, male gaze, a lot of people saying and doing inappropriate things. But the I will say there is one moment that kind of turns it around and it makes her seem like the horny one where they're talking about oh, how yeah. like she wants there to be co-ed locker rooms. So, but she's, that's been a thing of hers throughout and, from the and beginning. And I want to like credit them for making it not just yeah. be like, oh, she's the busty cop. So everyone's going to be fawning over her. She's also, you know, all about it. And I, I want to add, so to, first of all, uh, the actor Brian Tachi, who plays Nogata. 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 Got it. So, yeah, we were pretty far off. Nogata. Nogata. That. Oh, all right. Um, I'm going to roll on from that. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, so the, the uh, Police Academy 20, 20th anniversary DVD features commentary and um, the, the actress who plays... Callahan, Leslie Easterbrook. Uh, Leslie Easterbrook it d- is on the commentary, and I, if I if I remember correctly, she does like bring that up and hmm. comment on how I know she like she she definitely points out some things that like oh Police Academy was kind of the first to do this, yeah. and I, I if I remember correctly, she did point out that like flipping the script and having you know the busty in, the instructor be the aggressor. Right was was something was something different like she the aggressor and not so much the uh target sure yeah um yeah and in this in this case you know there's the scene where she's uh in the pool and trying to uh instruct people about how to save lives and she goes in and she's like all right who's gonna save me and then everybody dives all the guys dive into the pool uh in that case she is uh in in one way the victim but she's Using it as a teaching tool. Well, and she gets away from them. Oh, yes. Because she's the best. Yeah. Uh, she swims so away. So everything culminates in this gigantic final chase sequence with the actual cops and the citizens where they kind of split off into groups. Tackleberry and Mrs. Feldman, of course, uh, stop a bank robbery, which... Uh, Tackleberry actually fails to do, but then Mrs. Feldman busts through the window on a motorcycle and and says, freeze dirt bags, and we're good to go. And, oh, wait, no, no. Does she say freeze dirt bags then, no, that, or does she say it when they're busting? That, no, Hooks. Hooks is the one who says, is, is don't move dirt bag. Maybe she says something else. Do I think, think she says freeze said, dirt bags oh. at some point. I'm not going to, we, like, we don't need to I'm, get into I'm this. I'm just surprised they would have anyone other, I feel like that's Hooks's. Thing. That's true. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off, but yeah. I remember her just saying freeze dirt bags. Not important. Maybe that's what's part of of making a, a a part four is is spreading the wealth a little bit and starting to expand. Yeah, I, maybe that's it. Could be. Every, could be. People can say more than one person could say dirt bags. It's possible. So uh, she does that. Then we of course have the aforementioned ninja fight on a boat. Uh, the ninjas all kind of yeah. end up on this boat. Like a pirate ship. Yeah, so uh, Joe... It's a pirate ship, Doctor, but there's no pirates in the prison. It's really, really bizarre. But 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the pirates should be in the prison. Maybe they're just out on the And town. it was at this point that uh, Laura, my wife, uh, came in to watch it. She had never seen this movie before. She saw this fight sequence and could not stop laughing, especially at the moment when... <laughs> I, I'm blanking on his name again. Nogata. Nogata. When Nogata uh, takes off one of the ninja's shoes and like recoils at the scent of his foot. And then uh, Jones... Uh, catches a punch from a ninja, mimes sprinkling salt on it, and then takes a bunch of like bites out of the arm. And Laura was like, "What is this movie?" And I, I just had to laugh because it was just so much fun. And uh, what a great moment to walk in on. So, of course, they stop all of the ninjas. Um, I guess they just kind of t- get them all in the water. I guess that's their way of apprehending them. And then, um, yes, the final scene. And I want to say, and I looked this up, the only hot air balloon chase sequence in cinematic history. But two of the two of the criminals get away in a hot air balloon at like an air show, and then we have um, Captain Harrison Proctor get into a hot air balloon. Of course, they well, they Proctor shoots a hole in the balloon, and then they. Go, go. They uh, crash into a river, and they are saved by Arnie, Kyle, and House, who we didn't mention. House. Uh, little Tommy Conklin. House has his own theme That's song. That's what I was going to say before. Not only does this movie have its own theme song, there's the song Rock the House that plays when... Rock, 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 rock the That's house. That's the one. <laughs> um. So I, I, gotta, I, I feel like this is the appropriate time to point out, this movie features more of a soundtrack. Yes. I feel like they were trying to sell the soundtrack on this one because there's the Razzie-nominated Brian Wilson original "Let's Go to Heaven in yeah. My Car." That's um, such a weird song by Dr. Landy, which is playing in the mall at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's and it has the, the song that's playing while Arnie and Kyle and their friends are doing and Tony Hawk are doing like all the skateboard. It tricks. doesn't fit and at all. Shoot for the top. Right. I, yeah, I, it was a very interesting song. Uh, and we, we have the aforementioned Citizens on Patrol. Were there, are there any other Well, yeah, Rock, rock the House. Uh, I don't think there were rock any the other house. like yeah. major ones. Um, but yeah, so House is... Uh, house, Kyle, and Arnie are kind of like the, the one crew. Oh yeah, so House was... Um, I want to say that Hightower was maybe his like babysitter or family friend or something like that when House was a little kid, little Tommy Conklin. I think they just, I think they lived in the same, I think it was like a neighborhood thing. thing, Like they lived in the same neighborhood. Yeah. So yeah. um, Yeah. He's part of that crew. They uh, save Captain Harrison Proctor. Uh, They also were involved in a prank performed by Mahoney Jones, Hightower and Tackleberry. Um, (laughs) Which is truly bizarre. I don't even want to go into it because it is just absolutely bananas. Um, but what a great scene. It's a great scene. It's <laughs> essentially, they feel like they're ready to get out on the streets and they and Jones overhears them talking about becoming vigilantes and um, yeah. thinks prank time. So it uh, kind of puts them into a situation <laughs> that they are definitely when not ready for. When don't they for. think prank time? There are some classic pranks in this one replacing... Uh, Captain Harris's deodorant with the mace. 
the the megaphone, the, the super glue um, on the megaphone, the on the megaphone, mm-hmm. the helium yeah. tank uh, instead of the oxygen mm-hmm. tank, the porta potty, the porta potty scene lifted onto the football field. Yes, uh, at one point Proctor <laughs> gets into a porta potty. The crew sees it happen, and then they somehow arrange for a crane operator to lift the porta potty onto the middle of a football field, and then they open up the top of it just in time for the national anthem. Um, how they cleaned up that mess, I would love to know. Um, it's And uh, I actually did look up to see, um, so Proctor, while he's in the porta potty, is reading a um, an Archie, it's an Archie, it's an comic. Archie comic that's, uh, it's an Archie double digest. I looked up that comic to see if there was any easter eggy connections to like anything going on but uh unfortunately i couldn't get my hands on an actual copy or see one online i just saw the cover of it and it doesn't seem like there's any connection Mm -hmm. it's just kind of what he's got i think it's like this is what proctor this is heavy reading for proctor totally like he's probably this is what he he wouldn't be doing a crossword he'd be doing a word search that type of situation and to point out something funny about Proctor. So Proctor is not in the original Police Academy. He comes in in, in part two as Mauser's kind mm-hmm. of sidekick, but then just kind of seamlessly transfers to Harris in part four. And he just, he reminds me of of, of Gary on Veep, oh, Tony yeah. Hale uh, on, on Veep. <laughs> He just that and the ones I know it's like even in the trailer, but the don't you ever touch my balls without asking. Yeah, which is kind of just a nothing dumb joke, just a moment to kind of get a laugh. Uh Proctor played by Lance Kinsey. Although so good. Just like such a pure goofball. I gotta say, though, about that gag, something that I noticed about it watching it recently that I never really noticed before is if you think about, because all the guys on the other side of the window mm-hmm. stop and and look at them after, because so Proctor, you know those the balls that you put on your desk the and Newton's like oh you bounce balls, one and the other, I think, yeah, are yeah. they Newton's balls? I don't know. He had four. Um, so the so Proctor starts doing it and Captain Harris comes over and takes it away and don't you ever touch my balls without asking first and the physical position oh, yeah. they are in if you were viewing it I never noticed this before but if you were looking at it from the perspective of the the men on the other side of the window who aren't in Harris's office it totally looks like Proctor's grabbing yeah. his balls he's kind of holding them off to like the side he, and down for some like just to, like Harris is kind of bent over and Proctor's hand is kind of down. So if you imagine it from the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. from the other perspective, it, it, it yeah. So I, I, that was just something I never really, I just kind of thought, oh, everyone stops and looks because that's, that's an odd thing right. to hear someone say yeah. without context. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a fun scene. It starts off with uh, Harris polishing his little staff singing, mama's little baby love shortening, shortening. And uh, <laughs> I'll never hear that song without thinking about this movie. Not that I hear that song a lot, but it, it's yeah. true. I think about this movie. Um, yeah, yeah, they don't play so, it as much uh, anymore. Just going back to the the final scene, we have uh, Zed, Sweet Chuck, and Tackleberry all up in a prop plane. We have um, Steve Gutenberg. We have Mahoney and 
uh, Sharon Stone's character, who's a reporter who's covering the whole Citizen Up Patrol thing. They're up in a prop plane. Um, it's it's just complete madness. Uh, yeah. Yeah, utter it's chaos. utter chaos. They they catch them because Tackleberry jumps out of a plane and onto the hot air balloon and then gets into the basket and arrests them. Yeah. And um, and then yeah. all is well. And then uh, uh, Mahoney and Sharon Stone fly off in a police academy hot air balloon that's somehow there. <laughs> they flee the series. They absolutely do. Um, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, Mahoney, so Mahoney ain't coming I want to make something... <laughs> clear yes this movie has kind of an uneven plot situation uh it's really just a series of goofs and pranks it's still yeah fun to watch and as far as i'm concerned because of that it's a good movie and i will always there will always be a place for it in my heart um yeah as i don't agreed what's agreed, john oh yeah i I agree it's just with you. It's just fun. I don't care what the critics yeah. say. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like with a police academy movie. You're not. Yeah, it's like why yeah. do the critics even bother? <laughs> you know. So I guess what what I'm interested in in talking about, and I know we said we we kind of want to talk about this as its own thing, but I guess. I like the I'm 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 interested in like what are they doing to make a part four that both is aligned with the rest of the series and but also does mm-hmm. something new. And I feel like the music and the addition of the like the younger yeah. characters was kind of like what they were doing and and you, as you said earlier it's almost as if they're trying to replicate the first film with the idea of anybody can can become a part of it, which is interesting because it's off. It's something that I think of the third right. film, Back in Training, that 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 is kind of a, um, you know, re re not remake reboot, but just kind of like revisiting of the concept of the yeah. original. Well, something to consi- something to remember is that this movie is called Police Academy. It's not called police force. Right. Like it's the the idea behind it is training people to be police. So you're adding in the twist here of that they're that you know that that they're average citizens who don't necessarily want to become full-time professional police officers but who are interested in law enforcement and in the case of Mrs. Feldman guns. Yeah. So yeah. I I I I think the I feel like kind of adding the trying to like sell the soundtrack a little bit more and adding the the skateboarding was kind of a uh, it, it makes this one stand out in the series as right. and as far as the chase at the end goes that kind of became a it kind of became a trope of the series but it it kind of went from three because they do the motorboat race for right. and then five when they do the um in they the keys the, swamp, the florida uh, yeah the swamp the swamp boats whatever they're called yeah um hydro wind yeah wind boats fan boats fan boats yeah sure yeah um and if i remember correctly six does not have the the same like chase at the end i feel like six is more of like a- yes it kind of does. Six has, uh, 
it has different characters kind of facing off with their counterparts from the Wilson Heights gang. Right. Uh, so we have uh, Jones doing karate in a weird back lot with one of the guys. We have Hightower doing like a feat of strength off with like the big guy. Um, and I think Tackleberry is like the, uh, the, the sharpshooter. The, the, yeah. the sharpshooter. So um, we'll, we could talk about that another anyway, time, yeah. but we probably but won't. So, so <laughs> I guess in making the, the part four, and especially this one, because it is kind of the, the peak of the series, I don't, I, I don't mm-hmm. think nearly as many people have seen Assignment Miami Beach or City Under Siege. It definitely not Mission to Moscow. They didn't have Mahoney in them. So I think that for a lot of people, the series ended when Mahoney ended. Yeah, it's, I mean, interesting. I feel like the, I, I don't know if maybe like Steve Gutenberg's, um, like, you know, value was underestimated or if I, I feel like he just needed to, separate from the series also like three men and a baby came out in 1987 Mm -hmm. and that was the number one movie of the year yeah so you know it i get it (laughs) yeah and also i mean this was the last movie for bobcat goldthwaite i don't think that there were too many sweet chuck enthusiasts out there but definitely uh zed fans i know when i was a kid zed was all I care. Well, about. of course. I mean, the poem that he recites is just let the poem he recites. Gene Gene made a machine. Jojo. Jojo made it go. Art 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 blew a fart. Blew a blew the whole damn thing apart. The whole damn thing apart. It's so good. Um, <laughs> and then he also has his song that he uh, he he sings to Laura. <laughs> Um, with his little harmonica thing at the end. It's just so yeah, good. Yeah. Um, so I guess adding in, having those, the additional romantic subplots, I feel like Mahoney always has one. And then like in part two, ta- it was Tackleberry who had the yeah romance. In part three, was there a... I don't remember part three as well. Yeah. Um I'm trying to remember if there was some like romantic subplot. In, assi- in Assignment Miami Beach, you have Eric Lassard and... Um, Janet Janet Jones Gretzky. <laughs> sure. Well, that's the actress who plays her. Yeah, I, I just remembered that. I didn't look it up. Jeez. Uh, and she was just Janet Jones at the time. Oh, my God. Um, um, look, I saw Police Academy then, 5 twice in one weekend. All right. When it was in the theater. Oh my God, Dan. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, so do you want to know about when I saw a four? And where? Of course I do. Come on. I mean, it's a regular feature on the show. I thought we'd get to that later, but oh. you want to talk about oh, no, it now? No, no, Let's no. do we, it now. Oh, I, we can talk about no, 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 it later. No. We're, we're on the subject. You talk about it now. So, um, you know, I, it was April, must have been a- April 87, because that's when it was released, uh, beginning of April 87. I remember... I remember mom took me to see it. I mean, I was like not even 10 yet. So mm-hmm. um, it was the first one that I saw in the theater. I had I had seen the others, the, uh, two and three on HBO. I don't think I had seen one at that point yet. But mom took me. It was the Westfield Rialto. <laughs> I have, hey, if you're a regular listener, you've, you've heard the tales already. So... Um, I remember I 
I remember the theater not being very full. And for some reason, and I don't know if this is just my mind putting this in there or if these people were actually there. I remember there being two like kind of older, like biker type dudes, like not bicycle, motorcycle. Maybe they were uh, Blue Oyster Bar (laughs) fans. No, (laughs) not the right kind of mustaches. Uh, Gotcha. Yeah, no. And they, I remember they were loving it. And... Yeah, I, I don't remember much more than that, but I do. I, I remember mom <laughs> taking me, and I feel like it was it was an evening showing. So, oh well, I hope those guys are doing well. Yeah, the Westfield, <laughs> yeah the the sons of West Sons of Anarchy Westfield branch, Westfield, New Jersey. Yeah, right. Yes, the the Gap Patrol. Uh, so if you were to do anything with citizens on patrol now what would you do yeah so couple of options now there's there's always there's been talk of a like a police academy reboot for for mm-hmm. quite some time and and for some reason or, or another it, it never really comes through so and it's and if the if the new which I believe the new film is supposed to kind of be part of the original series. Cause uh, last I heard Steve Gutenberg was going to come back. Right. Right. And right. I would do it as, I would do it as maybe a, it, it kind of like how um, Star Trek into darkness was kind of a remake of Star Trek two, not really. Right. right. I could kind of see it being as like maybe Lassard had it in his will that and or, and or, and maybe it was in his will and maybe like they just found the will because Lassard, you know, was pretty old when they made the movies, mm-hmm. George Gaines. And he actually he passed away not too long ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and actually, sadly, several of the original cast members have passed away. Bubba Smith, who played Hightower. Bubba Smith. David Graff, who David played- David Graff. David Graff passed away um, a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like a heart, um, heart problems, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So and if if you're interested in seeing David Graff in, in a film other than a Police Academy film- I remember him being very good playing the judge in um, Alexander Payne's first uh, feature, Citizen Ruth, starring Laura Dern. Oh, he was in Citizen Ruth? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I doubt we're going to talk about Citizen Ruth at any other point on this show. Probably not. Yeah, David Graff plays kind of like the judge who keeps, you know, having Laura Dern pop up in his courtroom and he kind of plays the, oh, you again, what are we going to do? So, um but yeah, I, I feel like maybe what I would do is not just like regenerate it as a new idea, but say, you know, and maybe maybe it's a response if they're trying to be like a little like topical or satirical with it, like pointing out just like the the, the reputation that police have in this country and starting to kind of restore and not the police have a bad reputation, but there, you know, we have not had some we've had some incidents that have not made law enforcement look that great to the majority of the citizenry. I think if you were to kind of maybe take that citizens on patrol concept and, and be like, look, there's too much 
you know, friction and Lassard put it in his will that the, the COP program should be resurrected. And mm-hmm. you call it police academy resurrection. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and you'd, so I would do it that way, or I would pretend the other idea would be as a spin-off series that would really just kind of be based around like citizens on patrol, like citizens, like kind of like what happens after they graduate the program and like the actual, like the mishaps of the citizens on patrol, like people who do regular, who have like regular lives and do regular jobs, but also are doing police work. I feel like right. you could kind of do some adaptation where you are, where you're following a, like, you know, a, um, you know, a, a group of people all do it, you know, all in different situations. And, and you could, you do, depending on the professions of the different people, you could put them into some pretty, some pretty interesting scenarios. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I completely agree with you in what you were saying earlier about like right now uh, it's a very contentious time between citizens and the police. Um, there are there for a, for a myriad of reasons, and it's kind of the right time to have a mention of this is the police and this is what they're trying to do to reconnect with the public. Um, does it need to be as, uh, gritty as our current political climate would, uh, suggest that it be? Probably not. But, um, I think that it is an interesting time to talk about, um, something like this. So what, but what I was thinking, because I, I definitely was thinking about that, but I don't know if this particular movie necessarily needs to be revitalized in the form of a, of a movie. I mean, this, the series I think is a cool idea, but one thing we didn't talk about is how police Academy did have an additional life in comic book form. Comics released by Marvel. Yes. So all I'm saying is get Gutenberg Get Winslow, get uh, Easterbrook, get G.W. Bailey. Yeah. Get them in the the universe. Get them in there. Maybe phase, they're, they're working with Spider-Man on something. Was this phase four? You know? Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, get them involved with those with those knuckleheads we all love to uh, to watch do crazy stuff on screen. <laughs> That may get me back into the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I mean, that's kind of my my goof answer. Uh, but, it, but it is true that Marvel did release the comics. But John, no, you tapped into what? a really great idea, though. What <laughs> if the Avengers started a Citizens on Patrol program? And it was kind of like, <laughs> and maybe it's like the the B level or maybe like C plus level Avengers, the like, we call them when, you know, everyone else is off when like, you know, Hawkeye's on vacation and whatever. We're going to bring in 
well, these guys. <laughs> so here's, yeah, and that would be so much fun. So here's my, uh, my real response is actually a sequel just to Citizens on Patrol. And you have the characters that vanished after this movie. Maybe they went off and joined another police force. So you have uh, Mahoney. Maybe it's Commandant Mahoney at this point. Uh, And you know what? We don't even have to have Zed in it. This could just be directed by Bobcat Goldthwaite because he is a fantastic director now. Yeah. Um, World's Greatest Dad. Crazy. Um, God Bless Um, America. God Bless America. Wow. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, He did Willow Creek, which is a fantastic uh, kind of, it's a horror movie. Oh, I didn't see that. Bigfoot. Oh. It's it's really scary. Oh. Uh, He did the documentary Call Me Lucky about Barry Crimmins. Right. Um, He's a fantastic director. Uh, Would he want to be involved with Police Academy again? Probably not. Yeah, maybe if he's in charge. (laughs) Yeah, but also it's like, you know, uh, Captain uh, Kyle, David Spade's character. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, it could bring, be a Netflix Bring back movie. Sharon Stone. Sure. You know what? I wonder, you know, now that Adam Sandler has that whole Netflix deal, like, I wonder if that's like kind of a way you think they would do it. I mean, Maybe. I, don't, I don't know that's how, it, that's how I want it. Like, I feel like a new Police Academy movie would, would give a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I could also see it being a Happy Madison production. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. it's kind of got that juvenile sense of humor yeah. to it. Yeah. No, it would work, but I don't know. Yeah. But, but as Citizens on Patrol I goes, I mean, there's also the musical option. Yeah. <laughs> well, we certainly have the music for it. A big it. Broadway stage version of Let's Go to Heaven in My Car. Yes. Oh, no. Imagine the skateboarding the, sequence in a Broadway. It'd be like like Starlight Express, but awesome. <laughs> Starlight Express is a musical where people roller skate the whole time. I've never seen it. Oh, and they're pretending to be trains. Isn't it like a roller skate train? They are trains. They are. It is, they are trains. Yeah, I have never seen it. Andrew Lloyd Webber classic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Say so yeah, that. I guess that's what we got uh, <laughs> ideas wise for um, uh, Citizens on Patrol. We would love to. We would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, whatever your ideas are, as crazy as they may be, please send them to yeah. us at runechildhoodspod at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, in the spirit of our uh, May theme, May the Fourth Be With You, where we celebrate the fourth films and movie franchises, Dan, do you want to tell us what we're going to be talking about next time? Next movie we're going to be talking about, John and I watched the trailer for this on his <laughs> laptop in his apartment in Philadelphia over and over and over and over again when it first came out. <laughs> it's true. And uh, it is a film I'm very fond of, Live Free or Die Hard. That's right. Uh, Bruce Willis, Justin Long, Timothy Oliphant, uh, Kevin Smith. It's such a crazy movie. Uh, I feel like it's often overlooked. Yes. Check it out. It's so much fun. The, just watch the trailer for it. Directed by Len Wiseman of Underworld fame. Okay. I didn't yeah. even know that. 
Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about that next time. Um, but yeah, if you have any thoughts about um, Live Free or Die Hard, please get me for Citizen Sun Patrol or any of the other movies that we've talked about before. Uh, RuinChildhoodsPod at gmail.com. Any last thoughts, Dan? Yeah, and please, uh, so we're on Instagram at RuinChildhoodsPod. So check us out there with updates and just random gifts and images from the movies yeah. we talk about. And also just generally uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And if you use an app that gives you the option, uh, rate and review. I think that'd be really cool. We've got some reviews on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Uh, and it's it's always fun to see those, just to yeah. know what people are thinking about this. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> reach anyway, out. yeah. Before we get too desperate, let's sign off. And uh, John, I'm looking forward to chatting with you next week about Live Free or Die Hard. Me too. Good journey. Next time. Good journey. Good journey.